on, say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is life-giving. It is the incorruptible seed. It is the word that is able to change our lives. And as we sit and hear from the Spirit of God with the rhema word, we thank you that signs, miracles, and wonders will follow the word. That every need in our lives spiritually will be met today and you will speak to every heart. And no one will leave this place spiritually unfed. As I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing of God rising up, speaking to each individual's heart. We thank you that Word of Truth Family Church is a generation-changing church. That you're going to use this church long after we're gone. Father, fruit will continue to uh, manifest itself because we're going to be faithful to the vision that you've given us. And so we thank you for the word that you're going to speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Today is Family Sunday here at Word of Truth. Everybody say Family Sunday. This is where we do something that is family-oriented on a corporate basis Because family is the core of the earth as well as the kingdom of God. God started the earth with one man and he gave that man a family. He used that family to reproduce in the earth with godly seed. Today I want to show you how the grace and favor of God is connected to your connection and involvement in your family as well as the church family. So today's message is family grace from vision partnership. Family grace from vision partnership. And I know the, the, the title sounds a little complicated. And it's going to take me a couple of weeks to get it. But you don't want to miss next week because Pastor Chad, as he was preaching, he said, what's in it for me? Well, next week, I'm going to show you the grace that's connected to your life when you connect to the kingdom of God through your local church. Somebody say amen to that. Uh, The goal of today's message is to bring awareness of how important family is and to show how obeying principles within a family relationship blesses the family, but neglecting these principles creates dysfunction. The only reason we have dysfunctional families are because we're breaking principles in God's word that relates to family. Now, our final goal in this lesson is to review the New Testament definition of family and discover the grace that's connected to that family. 
So I want you to do this. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 20. Well, go to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. God and the kingdom of God are principle driven. Everybody say God. And the kingdom of God is principle driven. Now, principles are modes of action that are guaranteed to work and can be relied on if we act on them. The very thing that makes God's word reliable is that his word is principle based. In other words, once God sets something in order, it is designed to work and function because he said it. Now, uh, in, you can write this down just if you're taking notes. In Matthew 24, 35, Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. That's a principle. In other words, one of the principles based on God's word is his word rules over anything. And he said, heaven and earth is going to go away, but my word is still going to stand. Now, in Isaiah chapter 55, if you want to take notes, the first uh, uh, point I want you to write down is the principles in the word of God will, re- will never return void and can always be relied on. Isaiah 55 verse 11. Watch this now. And I want you to open up your heart because some of this you're going to know, but some of this you're not doing. And it's not what I know that ma- makes my life different. It's what I'm doing. Amen. Isaiah 55, 11. Are you there? Say, I'm there. Watch this. He says, so shall my word, this is God talking, be that goes forth out of my mouth. My word will not return unto me void, but my word will accomplish that which I please, and my word will prosper in the thing where I sent it. So God's word is designed To work. It is designed to be relied upon. Now, an example of this, go to Mark chapter 40. Go to Mark chapter 4. Go to Mark chapter 4. Let me show you an example of how much integrity God's word has. See, once you learn to live on the word, your life becomes stable. You know the best way to get your emotions stabilized? By getting your emotions lined up with the word. See, you might not be able to trust your husband's word, but you can trust God's word. Amen. In Mark chapter 4, this is a good example of God's word being able to be relied upon. Look in verse 39. Watch this. And Jesus arose. This is when they were in the boat and the storm came up. He arose, he rebuked the wind, and he said unto the sea, Peace be what? What did he tell it to do? So why is it that when you're going through difficulty in your life, you're just going through it, but you ain't saying nothing. If Jesus had to speak to the wind and the waves and tell it to be still, you need to open up your mouth when your kids start acting up. Now, don't open up your mouth to cuss them out. You're opening your mouth and you're going to declare what God's word says about them. Amen. Look what else he says. He says, peace be still and look and see what happened. And the wind kept blowing. What did it do? That wind ceased and there was a great calm. 
In other words, Jesus used God's word and rebuked the winds and the waves when he was in the boat, and the Bible says it obeyed him. In other words, God's word has enough integrity and stability that when we obey it, we can trust that it's going to do what he said it was going to do. Now, go to Hebrews chapter, let's go to Psalm 33. Go to Psalm 33 very quickly. Psalm 33. Here's the point I want to make. The word is reliable and it works when we do our part. The word is reliable. Let me show you how reliable God's word is. And then I'm going to jump into how the principles of God's word will work to make a good family. Psalm 33. If you're taking notes, write down verse 6. Watch this. It says, are you there? Say, I'm there. Okay. It says, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made. So how did the heavens get made? By the word. Let's see what what else happened. It says, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as a heap. He laid it up the depth in the storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Watch this now. Look at verse 9. Verse of a very powerful verse. For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood still. In other words, the water cannot go beyond where it's supposed to go because God said it came. And if God's word has enough power to stabilize the environmental forces, how much more does the word of God has to stabilize our family? But I have found that our families are not stable because we're not operating on principle, godly-based biblical principles. We're running families our way. See, the world has their way of running the family. See, you can't stay out all night with your boys and still stay married or have a good marriage. Amen. You can't shout till you drop and be married and stay happily married because now your husband's trying to pay the bills, but he can't because you done gave Nordstrom's all your money. Touch his name, say neighbor. He's coming down somebody's street right now. (laughs) Now, go to Hebrews chapter 11, and then I'm going to jump into what I want to do. I'm on time this morning. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to do my best to not meddle too much this morning because I don't have enough time. Y'all better be glad I don't have a lot of time this morning. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 11. All of God's promises. See, here's the problem. All of the promises that God makes us in his word. There's only one reason why people don't receive them. Well, really two reasons. Well, really three reasons. Either you don't know the promise or either you know them and you're not doing them or number three, you are doing them, but you're not attaching your faith to it. Now, look at Hebrews chapter 11. Look at verse 33. This is my one of my favorite verses. It's talking about uh, look in verse 32. And what should we say more? For the time will fail me to talk about Gideon and talk about Barak and talk about Samson and talk about Jephthah and David also and Samuel and all the prophets. And all of these people, verse 33 says, who through faith subdued kingdoms and through faith they walked righteousness. And then through faith, what did they do? They obtained promises. So when God makes you a promise, you have to attach your faith to that promise. 
That means you got to believe that when he said he, whatever he said, you got to believe it. And some people do it, but they don't believe. Amen. Now go to Genesis chapter one. Boy, this is my lesson right here. I'm going to make some people mad this morning, but you didn't already pay for your picnic. So it's too late. (laughs) I got your money now. It's too late. Genesis chapter one. Watch this now. God established principles for the family to function that will work, but they won't work if we are ignorant about them or we don't obey them. I'm going I'm to say that again. God established principles for the family. Everybody say principles for the family. He's established principles for families to function that will work But they won't work if we are ignorant of them or if we don't obey them. Look in Genesis chapter 1 and look in verse 26. Here's the point I'm going to make. God created mankind to have dominion in all things. But if we are without knowledge or don't believe that it is possible, we won't experience the life of dominion. He says in verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them them who them man that word man can be translated mankind and I can prove it to you because he wasn't just talking about men see that's what causes people to be male chauvinist okay men are no better than women when it comes to God because let me show you why I know he was talking to men and women to have dominion He goes on to say, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every creeping thing. So women, you shouldn't be afraid of spiders. (laughs) Can you come kill this? You kill it. You got that big tin shoe. You can kill that thing. (laughs) Watch verse 28 or verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God... Created he him, read it with me class, male and female, he created them. So he created the man and the woman to have dominion. Can I hear an amen on that? The scripture says, you can write this down for reference sake, in 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph or win or have dominion in Christ Jesus. You don't have to lose in life. You can win every single time if you exercise the principles located in the word of God. Now, your family can win every single time if you exercise the principles that are in the word of God. And you know what? I found that we don't like the principles when it comes to the family. Let me show you what I mean. Watch this now. When God created mankind, he started with a man. He gave him a wife which helped him to start a family, and then he blessed them. I'm going to go through that process again. Because, see, our society is mixed up. God, when he created mankind, he started it with a man. He gave him a wife, which helped him start a family, and then he blessed them. Look now in Genesis uh, 126, and then look in verse 28. 128, what's the first four verses words in that verse come on class and God blessed who who did he bless 
He blessed them. It didn't say he blessed him. It didn't say he blessed her. He said he blessed them. Now you're saying, well, pastor, I'm single. Well, you in there too. Amen. You married to Jesus. Amen. And you know what? You know what? If you can't date Jesus successfully, you ain't going to do good marriage. Some of y'all playing off on Jesus. You all at the club dancing with somebody else and he just looking going, I thought you came with me. <laughs> Amen. So guess what? Family started out being blessed. Do you see that? I'm going to show you now, now, the principle. The principle is this. He started the family out being blessed. What's happened then? If the families are supposed to be blessed, what's caused it to not be blessed? Well, I'm so glad you asked me. Blessings stay intact when the order of the blessing stays intact. I'm going to say it again. Blessings stay intact when the order of the blessings stay intact. So if the order of the family gets out of order, then the blessings for that family get out of order. I'm going to give you a take-home statement. Everybody say take-home statement. Here's a take-home statement I want you to write down. Blessings stay when we obey. Blessings leave when we don't believe. Here we go again. Blessings stay. I'm talking about now in a family context because, see, some of the ladies in this house, you run in your house. Ooh, I'm glad I only got 10 more minutes, huh? Some of you ladies, you got on the pants. The jock strap, the Nike shoes, you the man. But see, watch this now. Blessings stay when we obey, blessings leave when we don't believe. Say this with me say, blessings stay when we obey, blessings leave when we don't believe. And not believing is just not doing your part. Now, go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Watch this now. Men and women are spiritually equal, but responsibly different. I'm going to say it again. Men and women are spiritually equal, but responsibly different. Genesis chapter 2, look in verse 15. And the Lord God took the man. And he put him in a garden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you shall freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat it. For in the day you eat it, what's going to happen? Who did he say that to? See, Eve was not made. Notice I didn't say Eve wasn't created because in, the, in, uh, in uh, chapter 1, they were both created spiritually. He created them spiritually first. And then he went back and said, okay, that spirit needs a body to be in. So he made the man from the dust of the earth. And he made the man from the dirt, but he made the woman from the rib of the man. That's why men can be dirty and don't even bother them. That's why his shoes stink. Amen. 
So let me give you men's responsibilities real quick. Men were created to lead, feed, and honor. Men were created to lead, feed, and honor. Say that with me. Say men were created to lead, feed, and honor. And the wives were created to help, support, and nurture. Say this with me. Say wives were created to help, support, and nurture. Now, my definition of lead means to give direction, to provide vision, and to protect. That's what lead means. See, if I'm the leader, I got to make sure you're okay. I have security at our picnic for y'all today. Yeah, I have armed security there. Are we expecting any trouble? No, but if some try to come up, we got, we got it covered. And I got some people in some plain clothes that got some guns that you don't know. So ain't nobody messing. So your ex-husband, don't come, tell that fool don't come. <laughs> Just don't tell him, don't even try it. Don't even try it. Pass the thought about you. I have him in mind. Don't worry about him. Come and enjoy yourself. We got you covered. Men are supposed to give direction, provide vision, and protect. Watch this now. Genesis 2.15. Watch this now. Instructions were given to Adam by God to protect his family. He told him, look in verse 15, and the Lord God took the man and he put him in a garden of Eden. He told him to dress it. Then he commanded the man. Notice he didn't suggest to the man. He commanded the man and he said, of every tree of the garden, you can eat. But don't eat this one. In other words, he gave some instructions to Adam on how to protect his family. So watch this now. The principle of protection and provision changed when they violated the principle God gave them. See, the principle was intact. You can eat everything over here, but don't eat this one. That was a principle. When they broke that principle, when Adam broke the principle, him and his wife, then guess what now? It changed provision and protection for their life. Say this with me. Say, blessed stay. When we obey, blessings leave when we don't believe. Now, I said that the men were supposed to lead, feed, and what else? Honor. Honor. Feed, meaning, now, I just showed you spiritually that God gave the instructions to Adam to lead his family. Do you see that? He gave, he said, this is what I want you to do. And he was supposed to communicate that vision to his wife. And I hope he did it. But even the communication process wasn't that good because what she said, God said, and what he and what God said was actually different. I'm not sure who heard what. Okay, but men are supposed to feed their families, and this feeding is supposed to be naturally and spiritually. Now go to Ephesians chapter five. I can see now. I'm not going to finish this. Go to Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians chapter five. Men are supposed to feed. They're supposed to lead, which means to give direction, provide vision, and protect. But then they're also supposed to feed their family. And that feeding is naturally and spiritually. Look in Ephesians chapter 5. And let's look in verse 25. Now, and the reason I'm covering this, 
Because, see, we live in a society. I, I was at the gas station. Uh, this was about a year and a half, maybe a couple of years ago. I'm at the gas station, and I'm, I'm gassing my car. And it's one thing if your wife is gassing her car because you ain't with her. But this joker, whether he was her husband, boyfriend, lover, whatever you want to call it, shacker, this joker was, first of all, she was driving. I really don't have a problem with that. I like driving because I think I drive better than my wife. <laughs> However, he was on the passenger side at the gas station, seat all leaned back while she outside pumping gas. If you got a pumping gas man while you in the car and he's not disabled, we have some problems. Hello, somebody. I should have got some amens from the women. That's all right. Your clap was too late. We'll edit the CD to make it sound like you clapped on time, all right? Men should be spiritual leaders in their home. When you feed naturally and spiritually, you should be the spiritual leaders in your home. Look in verse 25 of Ephesians chapter 5. It says, husbands... Do what to your wives? Love. love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church, and he gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. So you don't wash your wife by cussing her out. You wash her with the word. And you wash her first with the word by you living it. I see I'm going to need security. Security? <laughs> no, I mean, this is, I, I, I don't want you to take this in a man bashing way at all. Because I'm talking to myself on top of this. Okay? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. He said that Jesus, we ought to love our wives like Jesus loved the church. Jesus loves the church enough to spiritually wash them. That's a form of spiritual leadership. And, 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 and unfortunately, you know, growing up, many men, we didn't, we didn't see spiritual leadership maybe at home. But, uh, uh, and, and I want to encourage you ladies. Your, your men are coming here and they're learning now to spiritually lead, but you got to let them. You've been in control so long that now he's trying to pick the spiritual mantle up and you won't let him. Now, uh, let me get in my lesson, because I'm, I'm about to, I'm, I'm about to go to, go to first Timothy, go to first Timothy. See, cause see, you can fight my opinion, but you can't fight the word. First Timothy chapter five. Are y'all being blessed anyway? Yes. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> On top of being spiritual leaders, men should provide for natural needs of their home. First Timothy chapter five, look in verse seven. Are you there? Say I'm there. Okay, watch what it says. It says, And these things give in charge that they may be blameless. But if any not for not provide, or if it, if, let me read it the way it is. But if any provide not, that ain't how we talk, is it? 
I'm going to say it the way I talk. But if any does not provide for his own, notice it said his own. It didn't say her own. It said if he don't provide for his own, and especially for those who are in his house, he is denied the faith and he's worse than an unbeliever. You can't sit at home and let your wife go to work. Now, now if, well, listen, let me qualify that. If you have a disability, a real one. <laughs> Come on now. You got to have a real disability. But, but bring in, uh, uh, there's no excuse for you not to be working. None at all. Now, I'm not, listen, and I'm going to help the ladies because it's not how much money he brings in. It's, is he bringing some in? Now, men, you can't be picky. Some money is better than no money. So if you ain't got a job, you need to, listen, I, I, I was at Chevron at 287 in Cooper. If you need a job, they're, they're applying right now. So the men are supposed to provide spiritually and naturally. Now go to first Peter. I am just completely out of time this morning. I'm going to stop on this one though. I ain't got to the women yet. Men, don't worry about it. I'm going to get on your wives next week. Don't let her get sick next week. Don't let her, baby, I'm tired. Don't let her do that. Cause I'm a bull. I'm going to ride her like a bull next week. I'm going to be on, I'm telling you, I'm going to work on her. I'm going to say stuff that you've been trying to say, wanted to say, should have said. I'm going to say it next week. I'm going to say it. Yeah, I said it. I'm going to say it. <laughs> Look at what, First Peter. First Peter chapter uh, 3. First Peter chapter 3. I said men ought to lead, feed, and what else? Honor. Let's see this word honor that I'm talking about. First Peter chapter 3. Look in verse 7. It says, likewise, you husbands, dwell with them, meaning your wives, according to knowledge. Giving what? Come on, class. Giving honor unto your wife. Not somebody else's wife. How you going to open the door for the women at your job and you can't open the door for your wife? How you going to compliment your secretary every day? Oh, that's a nice dress. When was the last time you complimented your wife? You can get more milk out of a cow if you know how to milk them. Boy, I'm stepping in deep stuff today, ain't I? I'm going to wear a t-shirt every Sunday from now on. I just feel like myself up here. Watch this. That word honor, when you look it up, you know what was was different about this word honor? In the Greek, you know, because Greek spellings are different. But sometimes Greek words, they're spelled into English words that we use. This word honor in the Greek is the word time. T-I-M-E. Now, it's not pronounced time. In the Greek, it's pronounced time. But I just thought it was interesting that he says, uh, husbands, honor your wife. Give them some time. 
But that word honor, when you look it up, the definition means value as in money paid. And esteem to the highest degree. And it also means the honoring of one who outranks everybody else. In other words, everybody can go to, uh, go to heaven. In other words, your wife needs to be at the top. And being at the top honors her. Can you say amen to that? Let's look at one more scripture. Let's look in the B part of that. When the principle of honoring our wives is broken, the blessing that comes with the principle stops working. I'm going to say it again, and now I'm stopping right here. I promise you. When the principle of honor, remember now, the Bible is full of principles. This is why I love the Bible, because it's not going to change. If I want my feelings to change, I just read the Bible, because eventually my feelings are going to change. Well, when, listen to me, when the principle of honoring our wives is broken, the blessing that comes with that principle stops working. Look in 1 Peter 3, 7. Let's look in uh, uh, the B part of the verse. He says, likewise, you husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel. Watch this. And being heirs together of the grace of life. Watch what happens when we don't honor our, our, our wives, that your prayers be not in, hindered. Now, I don't know about you, man of God, but I want my prayers answered. And your lack of honor can keep your prayers from being answered. Now, I'm not telling you to just be sweet overnight. I'm not asking you to do that. Because, see, women, men don't change like that. Men change little at a time. Okay? So don't expect him to walk out of here and just do everything I said. No, 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 no. If he was frowning all your relationship, if he smiled when he got in the car, he just helped you right there. He just changed. Men change little at a time. And when he does, don't criticize him for the change he hasn't made. Just praise him for the change that he did make. When you see him reading his Bible, say, baby, thank you so much for being the spiritual leader in our house. Don't be like, well, by the time you done read your Bible, I read my Bible every morning. That's why you don't hear from God. I can't respect you ain't leading us. But what in the world is that? I am in the house today. <laughs> Woo, y'all have me acting up in front of my relatives. What's up? I'm out of time. Give the Lord a praise hand if you would. Every head bow and every eye closed. You may be here this morning. You may be here today.